Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Harbert, your host, and with me today is none other than Mr. Brandon Noway, also known as at Sports Blitz Pod on Twitter. And Brandon and I live here in the Tampa area. We had a <laughs> we had an uninvited visitor last night. Her name was Elsa, and I, I, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I've been very fortunate here where I live out in, in uh, Tampa. It uh, really didn't do much visitation. I know some places had some heavy rains. Yeah, we we were pretty lucky, too. I mean, along the coast, it was a little bit rougher of a night, but here where we are is, like we were talking about earlier this morning, for me, it was maybe five minutes of action, and then it kind of died off from there. Well, there you go. Dot off from there. And <laughs> that could be said of some teams. And we're, we're going to talk about a rundown here in just a minute. Uh, on today's show, luckily enough, you get to hear all about the All-Star game coming up. You're going to get to hear about the Home Run Derby. And Brandon's going to give us a rundown and maybe a few other surprises before it's all said and done. So, Brandon, let's kick it off, man. Here we are at Baseball Biz. We're, what, upcoming almost on the halfway market? I mean... The uh, the All Star Game's called the Midsummer Classic. What's going on with the, the teams? And give us a rundown. Yeah, we're just about at the unofficial halfway point. We're past the official halfway point, but getting to unofficial time. But we'll start out in the AL East this time. You have the Red Sox leading that division, four games ahead of the Rays at fifty four and thirty three. The Rays are forty nine and thirty six. Blue Jays nine games back. Yankees nine and a half back. And the Orioles, 25 games back. The Yankees, they, they continue to plummet, it seems like. And uh, the Blue Jays, they seem to continue to rise. Yeah, the Yankees, over their last 10 games, they're 3-7. and seven. They had a bit of an eventful series against the, the Mets. Chapman got a standing ovation as he left the mound, but it was by the other New York fan base. And the Rays went through a little bit of a lull period. They went 500. But the Red Sox have just been on fire. They went 8-2, and two and they went from, I believe, last week they were either tied or maybe a half game separated them in the Rays, and now they're four games ahead. Yeah, if you were in Vegas at the, before the season began, Boston would have been a good bet. A lot of people had them low on the totem pole there. Uh, I'll admit I did. I thought the Yankees would probably be the one in their situation. You know, they would flip-flop each other, but it looks like we got my predictions wrong. Well, there's a whole half year ahead of us, so let's see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, it's not over yet. All right, headed to the AL Central. The Chicago White Sox lead that division, 50 and 35. Six and a half games ahead of the Indians, who are 42 and 40. Tigers, 11 and a half back. Royals, 14 back. And Twins, 14 and a half back. In the AL West, the Houston Astros lead that division, 53 and 33. Four and a half games ahead of the A's, who are 49 and 38. Eight games ahead of the Mariners, nine and a half ahead of the Angels, and 19 ahead of the Rangers. Wow. And, you know, there we are. Houston, the most beloved team in baseball, and they're leading their own division. I think a lot of people are feeling a little pain about that. Yep, their baseball is the equivalent of America's team. And the A's hung in there for quite a while there in first but they've had a rough 10 game stretch going three and seven at houston's gone six and four even the angels they've gotten hot a little bit they've gone seven and three over their last 10 even though they're quite a ways back all that without mike trout yeah 
we could have the hot debate, hot debate topic of is Mike Trout overrated? The rain, the Angels don't need him. There's a topic right there. <laughs> that that's that's definitely one that you want to hear in the future, man. Because we could do that for <laughs> a half hour at least. That'd be a, kind of a dumb topic, but I'm it get ratings. <laughs> clickbait, clickbait. Yep. Good thing we don't do that intentionally, at least. All right. And heading over to the National League in the NL East, the New York Mets lead that division at 44 and 37, four games ahead of the Phillies who are 41 42, four and a half ahead of the Nationals who are 41 and 43, five ahead of the Braves at 41 44, and eight and a half ahead of the Marlins. It's been kind of a surprising stretch. We thought this would be like a really tough division, everybody fighting it out, but. I mean, I haven't watched the most NL East games, but it's kind of been disappointing. I thought the Braves would be a lot better. Phillies, I thought, would be better. Same with the Nationals and the Mets, too, even though they're seven games above 500. So far, it seems like it's been a bit of an underwhelming season from the East. Yeah, I expected more from the East. I mean, Steve Cohen opened up his wallet, you know, and said, I'm going to make sure we have a team that's going to make a difference this year. And he's doing that. Uh, I still hold hope out for the Marlins just simply because they're a favorite team of mine. But also watching them beat the Dodgers the other night at home, that was huge to see that happening. The Dodgers take it on the chin by the Marlins. Boom. Come on, Marlins. <laughs> well, we'll eventually get to the Dodgers, but first we got to make our way over to the NL Central. We're the Brew Crew. The Milwaukee Brewers lead the Central at 51-35. and 35. Six and a half ahead of the Reds, who are 44 and 41. Eight and a half ahead of the Cardinals. Nine ahead of the Cubs. And 18 and a half ahead of the Pirates. Finally, the NL West. The Giants still lead that division at 53 and 32. Only a half game ahead of the Dodgers, who are 53 and 33. Padres, three and a half back, 51 and 37. And then there are the other two teams, the Rockies 16 and a half back and the Diamondbacks 30 games back. Yeah, tough time to be a Diamondback this year. I, I can't imagine. We're going to get somebody on the show and talking about, you know, what the fan pace is doing and, and how they feel. And uh, I, I'm curious to see if they see any future with the farm system, too. I'm curious what what people think is worse, the Diamondbacks or the Giants' new uniforms that they unveiled a couple days ago? <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, the UGLY ranks pretty high up there when you see something like that. Say, oh, that's well, a great team, and let's make them look as ugly as sin. <laughs> ugly as sin is a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was another word that started with S, but I decided not to use it. <laughs> we could just call it fugly. Oh, I like that better. Okay. <laughs> what? But hey, Giants fans, even though those uniforms are ugly, you still have a really good baseball team. So there's that. It's, it's been great to watch them too, Brandon. I mean, you know, it's uh, so many people thinking Dodgers, so many people thinking Padres, and that's what they should. But it has been great to see the Giants just jump in there on top. Yeah, it has. I remember a lot of people thought, you know, maybe it was just a hot start. But, I mean, here we are in early July. I think you can rule hot start out and say that they're they're a pretty good ball club. So that phrase we used toward the beginning of the season – it's still early. This is an early sampling right now. 
Is that something that really pretty much has gone in the trash can, I guess, at this point? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, at the unofficial halfway point, I guess you, you kind of are who you are at this point. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's going to be some trades are still going on place, I believe. And I'm not sure how much difference that's going to be. There's going to be injuries, obviously. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. People will come up. People will come down. Taxi service, et cetera. So we can go into more of that in another show. But right now, is there anything else you want to talk to about the rundown? Um, No, I believe that is it for my rundown this week. All right, man. And thank you very much, Brandon, for taking that and giving us a chance to see what's actually going on in baseball. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> and this week in baseball, there's a lot of things on. And as many of you all well know, we've got MLB's All-Star Game this year. We didn't have one last year. I guess last year we would have had it after uh, 30 games, and that would have been weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be not enough of a sample size to really vote on an All-Star Game, even if you took the whole season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that would. I mean, we had people that would not have been in there anyway because they deferred because of COVID, et cetera, and rightfully so. I respect that. But when you look at the origin of the game, and actually we did an episode uh, last year on the no All-Star game because there wasn't any, but a couple of things, one of the things we talked about last year too is the origin of the All-Star game began back in 1933 in Chicago, and it was a difficult time for Americans you know, beginning of the, of the depression and we needed something uplifting. So they actually put the all-star game and made it part of the, created that as part of the 1933 Chicago world's fair. So that was huge. Well, you know, and Oh, did I forget the, the food of the year? We talked about this last one. The food of the fair was not the hot dog, but the donut. Ooh, that's always a good food to have. Yeah, so no, another healthy ballpark f- uh, food. But this year, this year the All-Star Game is not being held in Chicago at a World's Fair. It's being held in Atlanta. Well, 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 no, no, no. Oh, it's not being held in Atlanta. That's right. <laughs> there were certain uh, political decisions that were made that MLB said, no, sorry, Atlanta, you're not getting this. And Which is kind of sad to me because, you know, Hank Aaron, I was thinking of him being celebrated this year there. Politicians made certain decisions, and uh, it, it hurt. You know, now it's going to be held in Denver at Coors Field. You know, the Rockies will be celebrating it there. Hey, Brandon, did you know that there was a business group who actually sued MLB for moving the game to, uh, to moving it to Denver? I did see that there was a group actually suing MLB. I never saw what came of it, but I do remember hearing somebody suing MLB over this. Yeah, the judge, the judge waved bye-bye. No, sorry. Mm-mm. You don't get to say that. But they were actually suing for a $100 million. So obviously they think that it's made a, a major impact on their uh, community and economics. Uh, I mean, when we look at this being baseball biz, we do kind of take a look at some of what's happening with those numbers. And as long as we're talking about numbers and money in baseball, what do you think they pay those all-stars? What do you think they pay them for participating in this game? Now, remember, minimum wage for a baseball player is $570,000. What do you think they get paid for doing the All-Star game? Do they get paid any more? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I thought at some point it would probably be free, but, you know, at this day and age, I think, you know, they probably pay maybe 
three quarters of a million to each player. Well, that that would probably sound right. It's probably a decent share of the money they're going to get from this. But I, th- I think they're treating it like they used to uh, in golf with Augusta in the Masters. The, the achievement was what where you're getting to, you're able to participate. So we give you a green jacket at Augusta, and at the All Star, you know the, the the prize once upon a time was much more uh, much less at Augusta because it's more about the prize of winning the Masters. Well, the All Star winners, the players in baseball at that game, they will get twenty five thousand dollars. Woohoo! I'm sure that really. Really helps a bunch of guys out financially. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, another reason to say, wow, I will definitely want to be there. But let's face it, this is an achievement that looks great on any resume. And there's going to be a, a lot of players who, who actually, this will be the first time they're in there. We have other ones, let's see, without getting into too much depth, because we're going to talk later about it, like uh, Vlad you know, Jr. I think his father was there several times. His father was also several times in the Home Run Derby. And... But, but this year, let's take a look at who's actually going to be in this game. Let's start with the American League, Brandon. Uh, oh, and, and a couple other quick notes. For those of you who may not remember, all of us fans had a choice about who was going to be in the All-Star game. We were able to vote, you know, through Google, through MLB. In many cases, you could vote as many as five times a day. And so these these first players we're going to talk about, they were selected by you. When you look at the reserves and the starting pitchers, those actually came from votes from the players and the um, MLB's commissioner's office. So we'll get into all that. But starting with American League, we got the catcher Salvador Perez, Kansas City Royals. And I'm going to go ahead and start with him. We're not going to pick everybody apart. But for my own prejudices, I definitely wanted to see Mike Zanino there being a Rays fan. And a couple of reasons. While Salvador Perez has achieved more home runs than Z, the, also he's had many more at-bats than Zanino. And if you put that in as a measurement, you would see Zanino definitely there, who's a, a great catcher. And that's not to take anything away from Salvador Perez being the starter. This goes back again to who is popular. Uh, let's see. Who else we got, Brandon? We have first base. Got Vlad Jr. I don't think many people are going to argue with that. So that's Blue Jays. We got Marcus Simeon at second base, Toronto. Third base, Raphael Devers. Man, I, I love this guy, okay? He drives me crazy. If you watch him at bat, he's he's just absolutely nuts. The way he steps away, he's constantly got, I guess, like a big chaw tobacco in his mouth. And he talks to himself the whole time he's up at bat. So... There's an entertainment factor as well with having him at, at third base. He's also very, very good. I mean, you look at some of the plays he's made recently. So Boston's lucky to have him, and he'll be third base on the American League. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts. Nah, I have no – you have it. jump in here, Brandon, if you have any uh, comments about any of these guys. Uh, outfielders, okay, here I have some. I'm glad to see Teoscar Hernandez there, you know, with Toronto. And somebody could argue there's some other folks I, who I didn't see here. One of them I would have liked to see, of course, always is Kevin Kiermaier. But then we also see that uh, Aaron Judge of the Yankees and Mike Trout of the Angels. Okay, people. 
What the heck? Okay, what the heck? Mike Trout, I love him. Mr. Baseball. At least he has been. And he's not a has been. <laughs> he he has <laughs> been Mr. Yeah, he has been Mr. Baseball, you know, with the Angels. And Otani, I think, is maybe putting on that mantle, but he's not playing, okay? He's injured. Why did you vote for Mr. Trout? Okay. I, I guess you want to make some sort of accolade and make sure that he's there, that he's been in he's been a uh, all-star for X number of years. Let's see who else. Oh, <laughs> Aaron Judge. Now, Brandon, this guy's been kind of hot and cold, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And he's kind of like a curious case to me, or at least just looking at Twitter, but that's probably a bit of a warning statement right there. Yankees fans aren't the biggest fan of him a lot of times. But, I mean, looking at him at the plate, he's awesome at the plate most of the time. He He does have his moments where he could be better, you know, some clutch moments where he'll strike out. That happens a lot with him, and it's amplified because of Twitter and Yankee fans. But oh yeah, defensively, I think maybe he leaves a little bit more to be desired. That's where, like, maybe somebody like a Kiermaier does have the edge, where Judge has a, a huge edge at the plate. I thought somebody that deserves a look, and I could be a homer, is Austin Meadows. Because to me, he's had really a complete year. He's a complete player. Statistically, he isn't as good as Judge, and his war isn't as good. I think it's like a point, a point lower. So I don't really have a huge problem with Judge being in there overall. And Trout himself, I mean, I think it's more his name because he hasn't played in like a month or a month and a half. It seems like longer than that, but his name certainly does help. And I believe when he was playing, he was deserving of an all-star spot. It's just he just hasn't played in so long. It's kind of like a little bit iffy. Yeah, I agree about that, especially with Trout and Judge. Judge has been prone to short-term injuries and been days off, but I think he'll certainly show up for the the all-star game. And while we talked about Trout, yeah, I'll guess who else is there in the American League? The DH, Shohei Otani. Wow. Man, I'm glad we got him there. Uh, I think that I heard not only did he, but I think uh, his coach, Joe Madden, said, go ahead, have him pitch too if you like. But right now he is the DH for the American League. And I believe he actually saw that he is actually the first pitcher to take part in the home run derby. Ooh, wow. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So let's see, uh, Otani, <laughs> who are you? Yeah, the guy who uh, embodies more than Babe Ruth, who others will look to as the Tiger Woods of baseball in the future to come, if they aren't already. And he is, I believe, also both pitcher and designated hitter. So he's been marvelous. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Let's see. Then we get to the American League reserves. And we'll kind of go down this list fairly quickly. One, A couple of notes here in the American League is that, let's see, one, what did I say? One, two, three. One, two, three of the folks in the reserves are Houston players. Hmm. So between the players and the front office, they deemed it uh, worthwhile to have, let's see, Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, and Carlos Correa. And as a talent goes, I don't have any problem with any of those. I think, I think they all deserve to be there in the reserves. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them. I mean, it's just like the narrative around them and their past that 
is iffy with them. I think everybody knows what that is, but talent-wise, you really can't deny that they're all-stars. No, and, you know, how long can we punish them? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, of course, I'm glad to see my buddy Mike Zanino in there. I expected to see him, you know, as a start, but that's okay. He's reserved, and I'm sure he'll get plenty of play. Uh, let's see. Who else we got here? Oh, man, you know, Blue Jays really are making a showing. Even in the reserves, they got Bo Bichette, and maybe maybe that is it because I know that uh, – let's see, as far as the starters, we got uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Let's see, we said Marcus Simeon. And Vlad Jr. So that's that's a pretty good showing. Uh, who else do we have here? Jared Walsh at first base. I don't have any problem with him. That guy is amazing to watch. You know, he he does a great job over there first. Do you have anybody else that you would have thought that you'd like to see as a reserve at first base? I mean, not really. I was trying to figure out one. I was thinking maybe Mancini. I thought he would have been a great yeah. a great addition to the All Star team, but I mean. I thought you'd maybe switch him and Walsh out, but I mean Walsh has had yeah, yeah. a quiet season to me, but just looking at his line, he's been outstanding. He has like sixty five RBIs hitting like two seventy. I mean, that's a great year and wow. honestly he could have made a push for starting if I think he sh- I, if it weren't for Vlad Guerrero Jr., I think I would have Walsh as my starter. And Matt Olson isn't a schmuck either, so the AL is loaded at first base. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, we got some great choices here. I'm going to do a kind of quick rundown here on the starting pitchers. Shane Bieber, Cleveland, not surprising. Garrett Cole, eh, you know, for he's one, he's a Yankee, so I've got my own feelings about that. But two, you know, Mr. Sticky Stuff, and he's been suffering the last few outings, but uh, you're not judging a guy just in the last few outings. Nate Valdi, I love this guy, okay? Uh, some were surprised to see him there. I wasn't. Kyle Gibson, let's see, you say Kikuchi, can I say it right? <laughs> uh, Lance Lynn. All right, Lance Lynn is, should definitely be a starting pitcher. That's one guy I, I'm really happy to see there. Carlos Rodon. And if we're looking at putting Trout in, we should have also had, uh, hmm, who else should we add, man? Tyler? Tyler Glass now, maybe? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I told you this, I believe, the other day. How come? Shane Bieber will get in, but Tyler Glasnow won't. And you can't really pull the injury card on that because Bieber and Glasnow got hurt at the same time. Now, I mean, you can call us homers, but I think Glasnow is very deserving of an all-star spot. I mean, I even think Rich Hill deserves an all-star spot, even though he's had a little bit shaky last couple outings, but so has Garrett Cole and a certain reliever out here who we'll get to in just a minute. Yeah, as the relievers, let's see, we got Matt Barnes, Araldus Chapman, Liam Hendricks, Ryan Presley, and Gregory Soto, and Chapman. Which one did you want to talk about in the relievers? I believe it was Araldus Chapman, the man who receives a standing ovation from the opposing team's fan base. Why would that be? <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of gave away a big lead one night, gave up a grand slam, and then he gave away another lead to... The Mets to the polar bear Pete Alonso, the hometown kid. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, at least one night, I don't have the particulars. I think one night he gave up seven runs. So that's a shame. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah. That's a shame. Okay. All right. Well, we're, we talk probably a little bit more about the American League than we are nationally, simply because, quite honestly, 
I have a little bit more depth of understanding of that. But a few last things to say about the American League All-Stars. We're looking at uh, first-timers, Bo Bichette, Matt Olson, who I think we expect great things of, Jared Walsh, and Mike Zanino. So those are the first-time American League uh, All-Stars. Also, uh, Matt Barnes is one of the re- – and Gregory Soto as far as the AL uh, relievers. So exciting times, and especially for some of those younger folks. And – I was surprised to see, as far as the AL starting pitchers, uh, what, Nate Evaldi in there. I don't know why I thought he would have been in there. And uh, Shohei Otani. Well, you know, uh, the media has been huge this year on him, plus his achievements just been amazing. So really looking forward to that. So we'll be pulling for our American League. And switching up to the National League. Let's see. We're going to run down the list kind of quick here on the elected starters. Buster Posey from San Francisco. No big surprise there. First baseman, Freddie Freeman. Everybody's favorite. Not surprised. Also from Atlanta. Uh, Adam Frazier from Pittsburgh at second. Nolan Arenado at third base from St. Louis. Fernando Tatis Jr. from San Diego. Ronald Acuna Jr. from Atlanta. Let's see. Nick Castellanos from the Reds. Jesse Walker from the Reds. Winker. Not surprised. Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker. Did I say something else? Or nothing? Walker. Jesse Winker. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Winker. All right. But, uh, you know, I mean, we're not surprised to see both the juniors in there, Fernando and Ronald Acuna. Um, And I'm excited always to see Posey and Freeman. So that's that's really great by me. Anybody in there that you think uh, should have been in those elected starters, Picked by the fans. No, I mean, I think this is a really good starting lineup. I mean, Freddie Freeman, arguably the best first baseman in the game. Tatis, Acuna, Arenado, Posey, and even Nick Castellanos, who he's really become a heck of a ball player. And he's also the king of the unfortunately timed home run. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up on Twitter and the Internet. You'll find it. You'll, you'll find it very <laughs> interesting, too. So, yeah. Uh, see, uh, old reserves. Well, catcher, this guy, you could have put him at uh, this lead as elected starter for fan, but uh, he came in as a reserve. It's JT Realmuto. And from the Phillies, let's see. Ozzy Obbies. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you read these. <laughs> Brandon, I, I seem to be. To uh, tongue in my twister, so go ahead, man. All right, so with the reserves at catcher, we have JT Riomuto, second baseman Ozzy Albies, third baseman Chris Bryant, shortstop Brandon Crawford, second baseman Jake Cronenworth, third baseman Eduardo Eduardo Escobar, first baseman Max Muncie, shortstop Trey Turner, and in the outfielders, we have Mookie Betts, Brian Reynolds, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, and Chris Taylor. Okay, let, let me tell you who I'm happy to see on, on the reserves, and that is Jake Cronenworth. You know, he's He's been in the game for a while, but at second base, he's going to be a, a great player there also, and he, he's done very well at the plate. Trey Turner, definitely glad to see him there from Washington. Mookie Betts, <laughs> okay, he's a legend every day what he does out there. On, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see him, and, and even Juan Soto as an outfielder. So those are my favorites. And since you don't have a – sounds like a negative critique on anybody, is there anybody specific you're happy to see on the reserves? Um, Not really. I mean, I kind of would have liked to have seen Justin Turner make it in there. 
He is one of the better players in the game. His war percentage, according to Fangraphs, it's higher among position players that made the all-star team in some cases. And this year, he's hitting 295 with 388 and 484 slash line, 13 homers. I mean, I think that he's deserving of it, but maybe it was just too crowded and he was just the odd man out. That could be, you know, like I said, I, I don't sit in the wheelhouse of MLB's commissioners and players, but uh, I think they made some good choices, but I, th- I, th- I think you're right. There's a couple others that should have been considered. And when we're looking at the National League starting pitchers, who we got? We got Corbin Burns from Milwaukee, Hugh Darvish from the, the, the Padres, Jacob deGrom from the Mets, uh, Kevin Gaussman from San Francisco, Let's see Marquez from the Rockies, Trevor Rogers. And Zach Wheeler and Brandon Woodruff. Those are the starting pitchers. You and I talked before the show. And the one thing going to what the hell category is Max Scherzer. Where are you, Max? Why aren't you here? Why why didn't they put him in as a starting pitcher? Yeah, Mad Max. And if I were to tell you this, it's his fifth straight season where he's averaged more than 12 strikeouts per nine innings. He has a walk rate of two per nine innings. That's the third lowest of his career. And he has a 2.10 ERA. And that's on mark for his lowest ERA of his career. Wouldn't you think that's deserving of an all-star spot? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, I think those sad Scherzer should definitely be there. The same, I mean, did he just say that he didn't want to be a part of the all-star game? He just like turned it down or did they just not elect him? That makes sense, or, or maybe they just didn't like the way he checked his belt with the umpires during that. <laughs> maybe. That would be very MLB. <laughs> could be. Let's see the relievers. Josh Hader, I think, could have been a starting pitcher uh, from Milwaukee. Craig Kimbrell uh, for the Cubbies. Let's see Mark Melancon and Alex Reyes. So, And looking at the first-time All-Stars, the National League starting pitchers, Corbin Burns, Kevin Gaussman, Herman Marquez, Trevor Rogers, and pardon me, and Zach Wheeler. This is all their first time. So, and the first time All Stars with the National League infielders. We're looking at Jake Cronenworth, Eduardo Escobar, and Trey Turner. So, it's their first time in the All Stars as well. So, congratulations to all those guys. Any other final comments about either in the National League or the American League, Brandon? I do have another snub, and this is for the NL starting pitcher side. And Sporting News brought this guy up, and he's really, he's deserving as well. I think he's in the same boat as Scherzer. His name is Freddy Peralta. He's a starting pitcher for the Brewers, and he's their number three pitcher. He has a 223 ERA, which is seventh lowest in the NL among qualified starters. Fourth most strikeouts at 129. And so far, only DeGrom has held opposing hitters to a lower batting average at 132 so far this season. I mean, I think this guy is very deserving as well. I mean, I don't know much about, I mean, every all-star in baseball. I mean, that's just not possible. But, I mean, just looking at this this guy right here, Peralta, I think he has a very strong case to have made the all-star team. And honestly, I think he should have. Yes, and I believe sometimes that... uh... Milwaukee falls into the category of some of the other, I don't want to say, lesser-valued teams. 
By that, I mean from the media. And therefore, they don't necessarily get the attention, national media, and if they don't get the attention, they're not going to be showing up on the radar for fans or even MLB. So um, I, I, I definitely think he was somebody who was should have been there as well. All righty-dighty. Well, so that's coming up, and that's going to be the All-Star Game on July 13th, this upcoming Tuesday. It's Wednesday, the week before now. Uh, it's going to be well worth watching. I used to criticize a lot about the All-Star Game, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it went away for a year, and even though it wasn't the biggest thing before, it's it's going to be nice and cool to see it back. I hope it draws a lot of eyeballs and gets uh, some new fans involved, learning a little bit more about players that aren't in their league, aren't in their division, or just haven't been covered much in the media. So I think this is a good time for fans to learn a lot more about the game and all the players that are out there. So now, prior to that, on Monday, July 12th, we're going to have the Home Run Derby. Now, that's a little bit different. Home Run Derby is interesting because uh, I remember this as a kid, and I thought this didn't happen just you know one time a year. I, I remember watching old black and white TV back in the 1960s and seeing Mickey Mantle up there, you know, and like every week or every other week, they would have a home run derby. It was a completely different architecture than it is now. But you would get to see people like Mantle up there, Roger Maris, others, just really great hitters in a derby each week. So that was, I always enjoyed that. But the whole thing is, it has a whole other dimension now. And basically, it comes down to where like eight players are invited by MLB to participate. And uh, this year, I think a couple of them have said no. I think that, uh, who was it, Tatis Jr.? But as of the moment, as I'm looking here, we have those who have agreed to participate. Shohei Hotani, Pete Alonso. Let's see, well, Shohei Hotani, let's see, last count I have, 31 home runs already for him this year. Pete Alonso, 15. Trevor Story, 11. Trey Mancini, 15. Salvador Perez, Catcher for the Royals, he's got 20. And uh, Matt Olson with 20 as well. So those are the people that I know at this moment that are going to be in there. I don't know if there may be some changes. I was always fascinated about how they play this, Brandon. I mean, their home home run derbies in one day, and it goes through a, a progression of who's going to be able to come up there and hit. I mean, it's, it's a time-rated thing, how many hits they can get within a certain limit of time. I was fascinated to find out that who do, you, who do you think selects, or how many, uh, do you think they use just one pitcher for all the batters up there, all eight of them? No, I, don't they do it where they just use like their hitting coach or even some guys like Bryce Harper had his dad don't go out there and throw him pitches? <laughs> yeah, man. Can you imagine that? If your dad, you love to say, hey, dad, how'd you like to be going out to watch the All-Star game with me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, how would you like also go to the home run derby? Oh, yeah, that sounds great, Bryce. How about you get to participate at the home run derby? What? Yeah, I, you know how we played catch all those years? I, I want you to play catch with me again, only we're not coming catch. You're going to be throwing to me as batting practice, and we're going to see about bringing in some money. Bring, bring what, what? Yeah, bringing in some money. Yeah, Do you know, Dad, if we win this, the prize, outside of being able to beat my chest and say I got it, is $1 million. Woof. 
Well, okay, son, but how much of that lunch money goes to me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but I can imagine, you know, something like that. So they do get to pick their own pitchers, which I think is exciting. And, you know, basically it's like done in in a a head-to-head matchup. Each batter has their own pitcher who's able to stand behind a net, you know, much like you see regular batting practice. Okay, bonus time. What do they get if, if they're – how do you get bonus time? So I think it what starts out four or five minutes, then they have a swing-off with one minute. But a player can get bonus time. And how that's measured like this. A player can earn additional time to hit home runs if they hit at least two home runs measuring at least 420 feet, and they're given an extra minute of bonus time for that. And they get an additional 30 seconds of bonus time if at least one of those hummer, at least one of those homers measures over 475 feet. So that's the case there. Who are some of the past uh, winners of this thing, Brandon? You got that list in front of you? I do. Uh, I know the last winner was Pete Alonzo. That was a big right. deal because, I mean, he's a hometown kid. Everybody was excited for him. Uh, Harper won the year before. Judge won when they were down in Miami. Boo. Uh, Stanton, he won one, but he was with the Marlins at that time. Uh, who was it for the Reds that won it in, in Cincinnati? I believe it was Todd Frazier. You got that right. That was really cool to see the, you know, the, the hometown player win it in their own ballpark. Let's see who else. Yeah, Yoina Cespedes. He won two years in a row. Prince Fielder, Robinson Cano. David Ortiz and Prince Fielder rounds the past 10 home run derbies back in 09. Wow. You know, and, and Ortiz in 2010, I mean, it's always interesting. Anytime I see his name. And uh, John Carlo when he's with the, the Marlins, so I was glad he won it when he's with the Marlins. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's see, buddy. And uh, like we said, that's, uh, that's going to be going on this coming Monday. On July 12th. I guess you can check Fox or ESPN. I'm not sure which one will be on. And those boys, like I said, whoever wins that gets a million. I don't know what the second and third place are. But, Dad, if I get it, I'll split the million with you. <laughs> that sounds like a fair trade. I think so. You know what's kind of a funny thing about the Home Run Derby too, Brandon? The balls don't look the same as that pearl white that you get played at a regular field. What they use, they, they actually color the balls. <laughs> and it's it, it depends on the sponsor. A couple of years ago, Century 21, a real estate company where gold is the big image, the balls were gold. And uh, 2019, I think it was T-Mobile, and the balls were pink. So I don't know who's sponsoring this year, but that'll dictate the color of the ball. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool to have, you know, a colored ball. It, it kind of adds to a little bit of a flair. Yeah, and, and hopefully it makes it a little easier to see, too, <laughs> yeah. especially a gold or a pink ball. You know, I mean, on a golf course, people use, what, neon-colored balls, whether it be orange or, or green or lime green. Maybe, maybe this actually helps them as far as hitting the number of home runs they're able to get during the home run derby. Okay. All right, guys, so let, let's take a look at this again. We're, we got the home run derby bracket show coming up, and that's actually going to be tonight, Wednesday, on ESPN at 10, 10 p.m., so if you're interested in that. Big thing we're not talking about this week, but there's plenty of other places you're going to get it, and that's the All-Star Draft. That's going to be coming uh, Sunday, June 11th. Yeah, 7 p.m. I think that may also be on ESPN or Fox. 
So check it out. Any other baseball news, all-star news, or anything else we need to cover, Brandon? No, I believe we have all of our bases covered. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Sports Blitz Pod. You know, we're going to take a little liberty here and once again step away from baseball and simply say, Champa Bay, go Boats. Yes, go Boats. Despite what our mayor says, everybody else wants them to win. (laughs) Okay, everybody. From all your good friends here at Baseball Biz, from all your good friends here at Baseball Biz, Brandon Noe at Sports Split Spot, and myself, Mark, at The Baseball Biz on Twitter. We're glad to answer any of your questions and look forward to your responses as well. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, oh, everywhere. And like I said, go ahead and send us any comments you have. We look forward to talking with you all again real soon. Music by X Take RUX. Rocking forward. Ta-da.